What, what about you, Ozzy? Do you want to try the Christoph Waltz? I don't know who he is. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Alita, Battle Angel. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Alita, Battle Angel, our time is now. You can't see us. Our time is now. It's a franchise, boy, we're shining now. You can't see us. Our time is... No, no, no John Cena fans here now. No, 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 no. I, I thought that was going to be one of the better ones. Our time is now seems perfect. But <laughs> <laughs> it made it wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt, go to wrestling. Anyway, if you've never heard the show before, you're in for a delightful time. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including... A caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a lot of banter. This week's film on trial, as I said before, is Elita Battle Angel. Yeah, you know, it's the closest thing to a battle again. Sorry. A, a distant gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't supposed to be that distant. I just <laughs> hold my phone away from the microphone. And just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode, so if you've never seen it, it is still out of the cinemas, so what are you waiting for? You can either listen to this after you've watched it, or just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to the quiz this week, brought to us by the lovely Austin. Or supposedly, I don't think he's written it, so he's going to write it up. <laughs> I am actually doing it as we speak. He's in the process yeah. of it, so hopefully it's going to be good, or he's in big trouble, I'll tell you that right much. <laughs> so uh, we'll highlight that in the comments section below anyway. Now before we go on, our last film on trial was Man on Fire. <laughs> I still find that really alarming when you do it. Man, the cat did not like that. No, I bet not. <laughs> no. Okay, so Alex, you judged that trial, and you decided that it should be placed on the hit list <coughs> correctly. Uh, Alex, you've since gone away and watched that film, so did you make the right call or not? I did not care for it. Oh, really? I did not care for it. I'm, I'm not saying I made the a bad call, because maybe I just don't like it, but it's still a hit film. It's still got all the things that make it a good film. I could see how someone could enjoy it. But I actually found it quite long, and my mind was going back to Ozzy's arguments, which were it's a weird. There's an odd tone through it. It takes itself extremely seriously throughout the entire film, and actually, I got a little bit bored and wanted a little bit of humour, maybe a little bit of levity in there. It, it's a good film, I know that, but it's like it's two hours of very straight faced, you know. And, and, and honestly, the bit where he puts a grenade up someone's ass is just weird. <laughs> it, it, does, it doesn't work. It's weird. Where would you put it? <laughs> a grenade <laughs> okay well thank you very much for that alex so before we go into the bulk of the show i think it's time for a little bit of news <laughs> it took me a while, but I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah, I got it. Freaking hell, man. Honestly, like, I did not know where I was going with that at all, but I think it sounded all right. Anyway, so what we do here is we go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. So, uh, first up, I am sorry to be the bearer of bad news once again, but unfortunately.
You know that sound. Uh, it's a very sad occasion once again in the news, and it's time for another one of Dave's obituaries. I really wish you'd still call him Dave's obituaries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I really don't care for that music very much anymore. <laughs> but yes, with regret, we have lost Albert Finney, one of the finest mm. uh, British actors in cinema. He was an absolute legend and icon of the screen. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really sad one. This one hurt. This is uh, yeah. a this is a major one to lose. You know, he's a beloved actor and incredibly talented as well. Uh, he had so many great roles, so many Oscar nominations as well. Although he refused to attend the ceremony, he said four hours of that, a drink and a cigarette is not his cup of tea. <laughs> so he, he never actually attended. So uh, sounds yeah. a bit like you, to be honest. Dave. Yeah, also it also <laughs> looks like me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a man after my own heart. But yeah, so Albert Finney. I was just uh, anyone got any favorite performances from Ooh, Albert? Finney? Yeah, definitely. Uh, have you seen Saturday Night and Sunday Morning? I haven't. It's an absolute classic. It's pro- probably one of his first films, I think, but it was it's it's really really good, and he's just amazing in it. Really interesting film, so I definitely check that one out. Dave, what 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 about you? Uh, if I had to pick one, you know, I might go with Annie. It's probably the first time I ever, right, I ever yeah. became familiar <laughs> with Albert Finney, and he was great in that as, as Daddy Warbucks. You know, lest we forget, you know, it's it's one of his roles. It doesn't spring to mind when no. you think Albert Finney, but he was great in that. I mean, he's always even Tom Jones, which I would say is pretty poor. Film, mm. Like he's still good in it. He, yeah. he was kind, of, and he was good right from when he was young to when he was old. He was very sort of steady throughout his career as yeah. well, wasn't he? I don't think he was great in Aaron Brockovich. I re- I yeah. liked Big Fish, and a lot of people didn't. But I thought he was great in that. Spectre, Dave. Uh, oh no, sorry, Skyfall. Skyfall. Um, yeah, he, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. He was, he, he was great to see Albert Finney, but yeah, just. That was his last film role as well, unfortunately, wasn't was it? Was it really? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Coincidence. He oh. did the voice of, um, what's his face, didn't he, from um, Corpse Bride? Uh, the, the big Oh, round yeah, guy. yeah, he was, mm. he was um, Corpse Bride. The yeah. dad, one of the, uh, one of the dads. Yeah. He was nice. Yeah. Oh, well, well, a big, big loss to cinema, Albert Finney there. Um, so m- moving on, Dave, the BAFTAs were this weekend just gone, and there were several talking points from the favourites victories to Joanna Lumley's hosting. Dave, you actually watched the show in its entirety, uh, would you care to give us a, a bit of an overview? Yeah, I'll just give you a brief one. First of all, I don't blame Joanna Lumley for what happened. She had atrocious script writers. You know, she's a great host. She's got great, great charisma. Yeah. But it was just the scripting was awful. Why was it that bad? Oh, uh, the, the jokes were just awful. They just fell flat at every turn. And it's not her fault. There's only so much you can do to deliver a bad joke. You so know? with the BAFTA audience not laughing? Um, I think out of politeness, a lot of them did. But the jokes really were awful. I think the BBC actually cut the majority of their jokes from... Because the, they put it up for uh, live viewing or, sorry, viewing afterwards on YouTube and they cut the majority of their jokes. Oh, One right. of their jokes was something along the lines of... Oh, Black Klansman tonight, it's a really good film, um, but it didn't get very good reviews at the Clan Film Festival. Ooh. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's, it's not. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, it's not good, is it? It no, just, it just wasn't funny, unfortunately. But uh, I, I don't blame her for that one bit, and I do hope she hosts it again next year. Well, the thing is, she hosted it last year. She was really great. Mm-hmm. So it is just obviously a case of the scriptwriters. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know they, they had better ones last year. This year, they weren't great. Get rid of them. Keep her. Exactly. Problem solved. But then on to the actual ceremony itself. So we saw Roma win the big prize of the night, taking home best film. It also took home best director for Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, that film's on Netflix right now, if anyone wants to try and catch it. This film could change the scope of, of cinema as we know it. A lot of the studios have kind of sat up and paid attention. Like, So Netflix released this film, and it's a genuine contender for best picture at the Oscars, and it's getting others. It's 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 really could change the face of things as we know it and how films are distri- distributed. But uh, a couple of interesting uh, acting wins as well. Olivia Coleman won for The Favourite, which I'm yeah. delighted with. 
Rachel Weisz, uh, run Best Supporting for the same film. Very delighted with. I Very thought, happy I, with that. I thought she was the best thing in that film. Mm. She was great. She was great. I thought Emma Stone edged it for me, but yeah, she was great. I'm not going to take Both that away. Yeah. Uh, we saw Rami Malek take on Best Leading Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody and Mahershala Ali take on Best Supporting Actor for Green Book. Uh, BAFTAs for Spike Lee for Best uh, Adapted Screenplay and The Favourite took home Best Original Screenplay. Into the Spider-Verse, which we've reviewed, took home Best Animated Feature. So th- you can see the whole list online. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to be clear that Dave wasn't reading that yeah. one, by the way. <laughs> 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 Dave really literally just remembered head, yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> he hadn't yeah. written that down. Well, well done, it. mate. Anyway, well, so thank you very much for that, Dave. Obviously, like as Alex said, very commendable that all that just recited from the top of your head. <laughs> Nothing written down there. Um, I don't know why we're surprised still as well. <laughs> anyway, so moving swiftly on. So it seems a few weeks ago, everyone was really annoyed when when images from the Aladdin live-action remake dropped and Will Smith's genie wasn't blue. Now, a second trailer has dropped for the film featuring a very blue Will Smith. So, Alex, is everybody happy now? <laughs> they, they shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, the trailer itself was pretty... I, th- I thought it was a bit uninspiring, really. And uh, the worst bit was this last bit where Will Smith comes out and he has a really bad line. I don't know if, if that's the best line they could find from the film... This, it's in serious trouble and honestly it looks worse than our friend winston at the quirks like does <laughs> does the you know the film posters and puts our faces on the film posters it genuinely looks worse than that and this is a huge mil, you know millions yeah. of dollars being that's spent that's no on discredit it. to winston <laughs> no discredit at all but i'm saying he doesn't quite have resources of disney behind him do you know <laughs> and like it will smith just looks it just looks shocking and it, it just it seems to be bad, played yeah and the way he's playing it as well i know it's only a short couple of seconds but he's literally <laughs> just playing it like will smith as a as a blue genie i know yeah so some of my favorites um, there's quite a few comments. memes aren't there yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. i love the uh, the comparisons to arrested development with i blew myself i'll <laughs> 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 uh, see um, yeah. what, what did you think of it because you were quite excited for the I live was, action i remake, was right? really looking forward to it yeah and um i don't think it's gonna be terrible anyway it's still gonna be funny it's just it's that's what the genie's like and you know it's it's camp it's over the top but i found the memes have been hilarious it's it's clearly been taken. Uh, you know, it, it's this is not going to be as good as I was hoping. I'm positive of that. No. Well, but, to uh, be honest, it's a big... These are big shoes to fill with regards to oh, the genie's yeah. role. Oh, yeah. I mean, to, if you're going to get somebody to play the genie after Robin Williams, you need to make sure that it's the right casting choice. Some people were like, a bit on the fence with regards to Will Smith. I, I was actually quite excited for it, but it hasn't been good so far. The first release, you know, it looked like he was a, an extra in a panto. The second release, really, really bad CGI, yeah. not great dialogue. I'm, I'm just, I'm really, really apprehensive now. Who would you have got? Who would you have got for it? I would have got somebody who was more of a comedian, like an a, a actual... Like a real comedian, not not a... Billy actor. Crystal. Where's he? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, really far away from this project. Yeah. I would, like, I mean... I, he's, I, I'm just trying to think of who I would have liked. Maybe somebody like Kevin Hart. Oh, I uh, thought you were going to just say The Rock. Just get it over. <laughs> just say The Rock. Yeah, The Rock, Listen, obviously. I was going to say The Rock. I it wouldn't have even, they wouldn't have even had to CGI. I'd have just painted them blue. It would have been <laughs> bigger than any CGI composition uh, they could have made with Will Smith's face on. But it'll probably still work anyways. There's a formula that's getting played out with all of these real-life things, and that's because that's what works with kids these days, isn't it? You know, the same way it was all remade for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's all rem for our generation because yeah, we can't yeah. watch. It just doesn't ring with us that old stuff when we were kids. Yeah. So now what we used to watch, it doesn't resonate with kids these days. So this you is bound, think, bound to work. Think kids could watch the old Aladdin and love it. 
Oh, they absolutely could. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think they could, and that's why they're remaking it because it just doesn't. It's, I, it's it, nostalgic, yeah, and it's but it's it's old school. It's you don't you don't watch what your parents watched until have, you're old. If I have a child, their favorite Disney film will be Pinocchio. <laughs> the original. I've already picked out yeah. their favorite films. That's all. Is that, is that going to be the one? Name, some people pick out names. I've picked out their favorite films. <laughs> is, is, is that going to be the one that's going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro and no. it's going to have a horror element to it? <laughs> that's your child. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so moving on to Alex's film feels. <laughs> Classic. Uh, <laughs> my film feels it's. Alita Battle Angel, main character, is a robot. So who's your favourite robot? When I say that in a film, who comes to mind? Dave. First thing that comes to mind yeah. is probably the Terminator. I mean, it's a classic. It is a yeah. classic. That is Which like the... one, though? Terminator 1 or Terminator 2? Uh, probably Terminator 1. I don't know. Yeah, Arnie is the bad guy. That that kind of works. And he's a definite robot there, isn't and he? And he's a definite robot. Massively There's no denying that. Robot. What's the difference between a robot and a cyborg? Cyborg has some human elements, doesn't it? Yeah, is, is, is the Terminator cyborg? Technically, you would say maybe he is. Well, I think he's a robot. Oh, no, but wait, he's a just cyborg, got skin on him, hasn't he? Maybe a cyborg has a human brain. Maybe it's it's a, a robot in a man suit. That's well, that would that would definitely clarify the Terminator as a cyborg. But I don't think I think they've got to have like human parts to them or something. They've got to be like a, a hybrid. Yeah, like the Borg. Went yeah. straight to Willy there. For me. <laughs> you did, you did. Yeah, yeah, well, it's like Bicentennial Man. That was a really good film, I think. But then watching it later on, the last bit in it is like, he wants to get a Willy. <laughs> so I don't know if this is... A... So is that your favourite, Bicentennial Man? You just sneak that in. <laughs> no. Bicentennial Man. <laughs> but why not? No. The, official, uh, the official line, which is not really official, it's just come from some forum that I've quickly Googled. Um, a cyborg is something that has a nerve brain controlled um, part of the body. And a fully computerized machine, that's a robot. Well, slap my bum. (laughs) Uh, My favorite one is probably Robocop. Does does that count? I think you'll find that's a cyborg based on what we've just learned. (laughs) It's definitely Robo, robot. Yeah, Yeah, half robot, half cop, half man. (laughs) All kick ass. (laughs) I'm going to go away from Terminator and Robocop and go in a very different direction. I'm going to say Wally. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely robot. Definitely robot. Apart Um, from his human heart. Apart from his big human heart. (laughs) I would love to see that (laughs) Sega Mega Drive game Robocop versus Terminator (laughs) versus Wally. <laughs> Wally would make them both cry and they'd do whatever he says. True, true. I, I think Wally is a really nice robot story, and considering there's pretty much no speaking throughout it, I, I actually found it quite touching. I reckon it's yeah. my favourite Pixar film, to be honest. Yeah. Just so beautifully so. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And then a similar shaped robot for me, really, is um, Johnny Five. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah, that'd be my favourite robot. Good one. Yeah, I, I loved that film when I was little, and then I rewatched it about two years ago, and I was like, "Oh, is that yeah. Fisher Stevens <laughs> pretending oh God, to be yeah. an Indian yeah. man? Yeah. My God, that is terrible. It's, it's easily missed when you're a kid, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, right. So, thank you very much for that, Alex. It's actually a really shit film. He's a damn good robot. I remember loving it. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, if you think that one's shit, try watching Sword Circuit Two, which is <laughs> oh wow. Anyway. <laughs> oh man that, that reminds me of Alex <laughs> I did not think that would be that graphic <laughs> anyway on to the bulk of the show uh, so this film uh, this week's film as mentioned before is Alita Battle Angel the much better, <laughs> much better like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that felt 
like it was in a room with me. Yeah, the, the battle has kind of progressed over time. It's <laughs> <laughs> now become a war. Anyway, it's been chosen by all of us here at Films on Trial as we fancy a bit of a change of pace, so don't hate the player. However, all of the roles have been picked out at random. So in the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Alex. Alex is a little bit like James Cameron, always banging on about Avatar sequels that literally nobody asked for. <laughs> And in prosecution, <laughs> uh, in prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Captain Dave. Now, Dave is a little bit like Jackie L. Haley. He's probably a really nice guy, but you don't want to get close enough to find out. So, I'm Jackie L. Haley, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Just like real court advocates, Alex and Dave will be making the best case of their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, however, so do stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts. Now, we don't have a character witness this week because Joel hasn't pitched up. Uh, I can't remember what his excuse was, but it was a bad one. And <laughs> Austin here was apparently too busy to watch the film over the weekend. So all, it's... all right, a quiz. <laughs> all right, a quiz. <laughs> Gav's very angry. I know, I can feel it. I can I know, sense right. it. Although I was going to watch. Did you know we've got a new cinema in town now? Yeah, the Everyman. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, you didn't fucking go to it, did you? No, I just, I just Googled it and dreamt about going to watch the film last night. Anyway, yeah. this isn't helping anybody. Right, moving on. <laughs> so what we're going to do this week is we're going to have two judges, right? And you guys have got to pitch your arguments to myself and Austin. And we, like adults, will figure out which list the film should be placed on. What happens if you disagree? It's going to be like the X Factor, but, but with less uh, money behind it. In fact, we'll probably just do rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I, want, I want the Thunderdome. <laughs> so, so, do, do we fight to the death or are they? I they, do. they do. They do. I'm we, okay with that. We bet. So, um, so Ozzy will be playing one judge. Ozzy is just like Christoph Walter's characters. Even when he's being incredibly nice, there's still something undeniably creepy about him. <laughs> and I will be playing the other judge. Now, I, I know that in past weeks you've said that maybe I haven't been too harsh on myself with the description. So I've gone with a tame one and quite a harsh one. Which one do you want? Uh, uh, tame I, one first. Yeah, and then I want both. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the first one, I'm a bit like Casper Van Dien. My chin enters the room before I do. <laughs> <laughs> Again, give yourself a little pat on the behind there. Go on, next yeah. one. Next one. I'm a little bit like Alita at the start of the movie. Odd features, skeletal, non-functioning stomach, <laughs> and needing a lot of medical attention. But it's incredibly true. <laughs> <laughs> so now Austin and I must decide which li- list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to us and not using our own opinion, which is good because, as I said before, neither of us has watched it. I mean, I wasn't supposed to watch it, but Austin was just lazy. Anyway, before we get started, I'm just going to try and stop being so angry about it. Before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better idea as to what the film is about and spin that wheel of impressions. So uh, here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it's landed on Joel, but he's not here. So um, I, I so I think, should we just all do it? <laughs> um, okay. I was originally going to ask um, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Hang on, should we do a few words and then pass on around the circle? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so, um, so the first synopsis should get up. So starting with um, Dave. With, with me, yeah. as Christoph Waltz. Are we all doing the IMDb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. The short one. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, Christoph Waltz. So, like, camp German, basically. <laughs> it, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A deactivated female cyborg is revived, but cannot remember anything of her 
past life and goes on a quest to find out who she is. <laughs> I don't but, even know who Christoph Waltz is. <laughs> you just went German, didn't you? <laughs> Not even that German. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Christoph Waltz would be horrified yeah. if he heard all that. He is spinning in his bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Any of my colleagues listen to this? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Germans in my company. Mate, they're, they're not going to be just the only ones offended by this. <laughs> anyway, right, so without further hesitation, guys, please kick off proceedings. So starting with Alex. Okay, so I was really excited about watching Alita Battle Angel. You know, this is from James Cameron and John Landau, both who brought us uh, Avatar and Titanic. One of you know the two highest grossing films of all time. It's got a you know it's written by Cameron as well. It you know spent a long time. I think he had the rights to this film for an extremely long time. And uh, you know it's an interesting story as well. You know Rosa Salazar plays a cyborg. She wakes up with no memory. She has to navigate this interesting city. And you know there's lots of interesting characters that come up and a lot of things are in a way. And that's all very interesting. But the main thing that this film is, and this is the, what we knew from the trailer and knew from the marketing, is the uh, action. And this film is really good on its action. I mean, it, it, it absolutely nails that. So, you know, if you're saying, you know, the best way to describe Alita Battle Angel, you, you would say this is a sci-fi film, but mainly it's an action film. And it absolutely hits the nail on the head with its action. It's really, really well choreographed. And I think even though it is, there is a lot of action, I actually think it's well paced in the sense of it's fairly frequent. You don't get too bored waiting for the action. And then it's actually, they do put spins on it. So there's no, it never feels like you get the same action scene twice. You always feel like the first action scene, it builds up a little bit. You start seeing a little bit more. You see, it's mainly based around Alita herself as well. So she's a cyborg. You start to see her powers coming, like getting greater and greater and greater, her abilities. And it's all, it's fascinating at the first bit. And then, you know, halfway through the film, she becomes, you know, the powerful cyborg that she is. And then all hell breaks loose and she's just sort of smashing stuff up left, right and centre. And like I say, it's just, it's very interesting the way the scenes go. So it is, it's, the action itself as well is, it's violent, but it's never too visceral apart from certain moments. And, and those moments kind of set you up. There's a bit towards the beginning where she's fighting about three different cyborgs and she sort of leaps across in this very acrobatic way and like, I think she just like, puts a foot and nails someone's head to a wall basically and you're like oh man you know you, you are thinking like way and you're thinking oh wow i wonder what's happened to, wonder what's happened to her head and then you see her body fall down and you're like oh hang on what's going on and then the camera pans up and it's just her head still smashed into the wall and it is shocking you are like whoa i did not i can't kind of expect that because this is pg-13 i think so it's kind of a bit of surprise but that those moments of actually pretty visceral you know there's another bit where she puts a hand into someone's eye it actually keeps you a little bit on your toes as well. You never get bored with the action here. Um, they obviously spent an, an enormous amount of money. This film has a $200 million budget. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's really, really huge. But I think, you know, James Cameron said, can I have $200 million? And they were just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you absolutely can have it. And they've allowed, it's not only allowed them to bring this great choreographed CGI action to life, it's also allowed them to bring this interesting setting to life as well. And a lot of the money has been pumped into just creating this very believable world. You know, it's in a very interesting world as well. So it's post-apocalyptic, this mysterious, the fall has happened. And now we, it's like a city that's beneath a floating city of Zalem, which we never get to see, but we're always wondering what's going on there, what's happened. They're living in this junk-filled iron city. 
And it's a nice, interesting mix because it seems like it's maybe, I don't know, did you get the sense, Dave, it was kind of like Mexico way? It was kind of like a Latin American setting? I think it's meant to be set in Texas. Texas. So close, yeah. Okay, I did not know that. Um, So, yeah, so it's, but it's got, it's, it's a very interesting one. There's a mishmash of different cultures that have come there. So it's a very interesting world we're put into. And, you know, these people created Avatar, which I know we had a big, uh, we had a big episode about that. But the world of Pandora, I feel, was created very well. And the same happens here. Like, you do believe that you are in this world. A lot of money has been spent to lead us to to believe it. So um, it's got an interesting mix of sort of, like, real things going on as well as kind of this sci-fi thing. Lots of people walking around with robot prostheses. It raises quite interesting questions. I think that the because this is a franchise the franchise will then go on to answer as well. So there's a lot of things raised here, a little bit like when we're talking about, you know, like the Harry Potter film. It raises a lot of things um, that it know that you know it's then going to answer later on. And it doesn't answer too many of them, so we're not interested in what comes next. Uh, one last thing about the action as well, it's got this really good bit of, of motorball. So motorball is just this made-up sport where they race around and basically they just smash into each other. It's basically like... Mario Kart, but far more violent. And I'd, I'd say that's a pretty apt de- description. They've all got different powers. They all just smash each other up. And, you know, it's that sort of thing that keeps the action flowing. Because if, if I'm honest, I could get a little bit bored. If it was same action again and again and again, I'd get a little bit bored, a little bit tired. But this film pumps all of its money into that action, into the CGI. It's just a visual feast, and it will keep you entertained. It's an action film, and it gives you great action. What more do you want? Okay. Um, thank you very much, Alex. Uh, I like how you didn't have a flourish there, but decided to just give Dave the finger instead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. For um, any uh, American viewers, that is uh, flicking the bird. Flicking the bird, yeah. Flipping. I flipping. think it's flipping the bird. <laughs> flicking the bird is I'll definitely flick something out. else. I'll flick yeah, it at him as well. Like. Flicking the bird is one for our English listeners. <laughs> right, Dave. <laughs> definitely flipping the bird. <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, thank you, Alex, for that. Most of that was absolute bollocks. <laughs> He's quite right to say that this uh, film spent a lot of time in development hell. I believe it was actually announced around 2003 that James Cameron had shown an interest in the project, but it, the words development hell are around for projects such as this one. So you've got CGI advocate James Cameron and B-movie recreator extraordinaire Robert Rodriguez. Now, this is a strange pairing on paper, but the finished product suggests that this mashup of styles might not be for everyone. The film does look good. Alex is right as far as the CGI. You know, if you like intensive CGI, the visuals are pretty good. But this is the film's only strength. If you're not a huge CGI fan, then there's not really going to be much here for you. Not only are the backgrounds and landscapes completely CGI'd, but many of the characters are either predominantly CGI or maybe just their faces are left untouched. Uh, Some are completely CGI'd over, leaving them completely unrecognisable. Heavy CGI made sense in Ready Player One, where the action takes place in a video game, but this didn't really feel necessary. It's very much like Avatar in that respect. It all looks good, but is all that CGI really needed? Unlike Avatar, it doesn't really bring anything new to the table in terms of technology, nothing that we haven't seen before. Now, James Cameron knows CGI, for sure. But this film was in development hell for years due to his preoccupation with the Avatar sequels and his script that he uh, helped write along with uh, Leiter Calagridis, yeah. was it? Uh, the script that they produced would suggest that his mind was on other things, to be quite frank. The plot is completely jumbled and character motivation is at best and at my kindest unclear. And I think at its worst, it's completely nonsensical. 
this leaves a few decent actors, which we'll tap into, I think, in our second point, um, unable to tap into their full potential. But like I said, there will be more on that later. The plot does not feel like it's thoroughly fleshed out. And seeing as this is an adaptation of manga, very popular manga at that, you'd think there would have been a lot more story material that they could have used (laughs) at this point and brought into the film. But as soon as the CGI stops and there's a plot point to deliver at some point in the film, everything seems to grind to a halt. You spend a lot of the film wondering why you should even care about any of the events that are unfolding. And it takes almost the entire film before you start feeling even remotely interested, at which point the film ends with the story essentially incomplete and sequels lurking in the wings. Now, when Alex says, oh, they answer quite a few of the questions for you, you know, there's many questions raised, it doesn't answer, uh, it doesn't answer all of them, it doesn't answer very many of them, to be honest with you. I'm sure they will, like Alex says, oh, they'll answer them later on. Yeah, not in this film, though, in the sequels. That's what really bugged me about this. It was so obviously setting up sequels, and I know franchises are big business right now, but I feel it's arrogant to go in there and before you even know the box office figures, before you even know how the film is going to be received to set your film up for a sequel, you know, it's all well and good, but what if you don't get that sequel? And according to the recent projections for the figures for uh, ahead of the film's release in America this weekend, it may well uh, turn out to be a massive flop. It may not get that sequel. And what we've got here is an unfinished story. I feel, you know, it's uh, it was a bit of a risk and not one that's going to pay off long-term as far as the, imagination side of the film goes you know obviously it was based on manga and you know the plot points that were taken out there the overall story arc is okay and that's the bit that's lifted from the manga but the way they've padded it out with extra characters or enhancing characters it just it feels so flat and it feels so forced and it feels like like i said like james cameron was somewhat distracted it kind of makes sense and you know the sport that uh, Alex was talking about. What's it called again? Is it motor- motorball? Motorball. It is essentially rollerball. If anyone remembers that film from the nineteen seventies, <laughs> it is essentially rollerball. It's one of our favorite films. <laughs> it's a great film. James Caan. Yeah, not playing a gangster. That's it. it. That's it. <laughs> you love it. You love motorball. <laughs> is James Caan in it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk about the cast in a James bit. James Caan off of Ball Rocket. Yes, oh. that's same James Caan. He's not in this, by the way. Right. <laughs> but he was in. But he was, was in Rollerball. I, I would say James Caan from The Godfather, but he's <laughs> <laughs> to his own Aussie. Uh, I don't even think Wes Anderson would say James Caan from <laughs> no, Bottle no, Rocket. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, just to round off, Alex talked about the action, um, saying it's violent but not too visceral. It's it's violent, really violent. I was surprised. I had to check the certificate on the way out, and it's a twelve. This is incredibly violent. For a 12, I think in America, PG-13, what is, what is theirs? Was it Guidance or something like that? Yeah, I forget how they rate guidance, it. Yeah. Parental Guidance. Um, yeah, it's a little too violent for that. I mean, there's a lot of blood, but the blood is blue for Cyborg, so that's mm. kind of how they get around that. Uh, but you've still got Jackie L. Haley being literally cut in half lengthways at one point in the film. You've got, he's a, yeah, he is a cyborg, of course. So it's, it's like, oh, it's okay, it's just robot parts. But it's still an horrifically violent thing to see. Like I say, Aitza Gonzalez's head being mashed into a wall and then decapitated. It, and the dog, they killed the dog. Not cool. Off screen. Oh. Off screen. Not cool. Oh, not, not cool. <laughs> not cool. But no so, one thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says it's not cool at the time in the scene, so it's fine. But yeah, just to, just to go, it, it is violent. And I think maybe for the, they clearly wanted the teen audience. They wanted the young teen audience at that. Maybe they went a little too overboard on the violence. I know the mangas are violent, but maybe they could have toned that back a bit. I don't know. I'm not too bothered. I just needed to counter Alex's point and give my view on that. But I feel that is a bit of a, a, bit of a flaw. 
Okay, thank you very much, Dave. Um, so points there, floor covering several topics. No points, though, for not mentioning finger and poultry. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that. But <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, what? <laughs> uh, Alex, right, so it seems to me that Dave, um, Dave covered a lot of ground in his argument, and you didn't cover as much. So can I ask a few of the points that Dave brought yeah, up? please do. Right, so, so Dave firstly mentioned that, that tonally it's a bit of a mismatch. So he said that the violence is too much. And especially if you're going into it thinking it's a 12, you said that the violent was, you know, it's quite quite visceral in parts, but it's different all the way through. It's not the exact same violence over and over and over again. Um, but Dave said, even with that, it's still too violent. No, it's got it's got a few moments where it is maybe too violent, but I would also say times are different now, and I'd say kids have a little bit of a higher tolerance to violence. I, we could debate whether that should be or not, but I would say that kids do, and they kind of expect things to be a bit more violent you know captain america the marvel films they they're pretty violent in places the the avengers films you know some mm-hmm. pretty horrible things happen in that yeah this film sort of focuses on that violence but i wouldn't say it was like shocking more than more than a marvel film which all kids watch by the yeah. way of all ages so i i thought the violence and you know you know I, th- I felt dave yeah covered a lot of ground but he also didn't cover the action as much because this film is an action film and yet you know what hans in the air, I'll say that there are moments between the action <laughs> between the action scenes where, yeah, this film maybe could have been a little bit different. The script, you know, it's you were thinking, oh, this is a Cameron script. Yeah, I, I wasn't like, wow, this is a great Cameron so, so script. So did, did it feel like he'd maybe taken his eyes off the prize? Oh, no, he definitely had, because this was Robert. He was giving it to Robert Rodriguez. I don't think he took his eyes off the prize. He produced it. He wanted it, but he gave it to Robert Rodriguez. So it's Robert Rodriguez doing it. And I think Robert Rodriguez took the script and like really pared it back basically mm. and focused on the action and you know what great this is an action film so yeah the moments when you're like well that's not the best line to take us from a to b but you know what we got to b and look at b there's a robot being smashed and you know people being like you know cut lengthways so i can understand <laughs> if you're expecting that in a film and then going to see it and getting what you're given essentially it's like the argument that we had with, with the meg you know people who were going to the meg we expected to see a giant shark, and w- when they got it, they you saw know, a giant they, shark. They yeah. saw, you you, you can't say that they didn't. Uh, but Dave also mentioned about the delivery of it. So you're going into this thinking that it's going to be a CGI fest. Dave was saying that it was a bit too much of one. It, it, you know, maybe on a different scale as Ready Player One. See, I would I would disagree. I actually think the integration of CGI and real characters. I think this is one of the best films I've seen. It didn't seem like too much of a green screen to me most of the time. Like the sets did seem like actual sets most of the time. And I think, like, I know we'll go on to Alita a bit more in her character, but I think the actual Alita herself is an incredibly good example of how, like, I think she's mesmerising. The character herself and just what she looks like is pretty mesmerising throughout the film. And you don't, you're aware she's CGI because you think, well, she must be CGI, but you're not actually thinking that the whole time. So it's the first time for me that her main character has been CGI. She's been playing alongside, you know, real people. And you've not been to... So I actually think the CGI was integrated pretty well in this film. So in comparison to two other films that we've done by those directors, uh, Avatar and Sin City quite recently as well, how how does this stand up? I mean, because it's using the same techniques that were used in Sin City. It's using the same budget in studios um, that um, used the CGI in, in Avatar. So it's essentially taking aspects of those two films that work really well and putting them together in one film. How, how, how's the result? 
a believable setting, like I said in my argument, like a very believable setting like Pandora. And, you know, from Sin City, maybe not the best script. Alex, I mean, sorry, Dave, mm. do, do, do you agree with that? Um, I would say this this film pales significantly in comparison to both of those. It's, yeah, the, the script is dire, just dire. Mm. Things you can say about both of those, at least they had you know, pretty decent scripts. There were some good lines in both. Uh, this film just seems like no one could be bothered. They just churned this one out. So Alex's argument, well, his counter-argument there is essentially you get what you, you, you know, how many times have we said the Ron yeah. Seal effect? You, you, mm. you get what you're given. You go into this thinking it's going to be a balls to the wall, CGI fest, action movie. And that is exactly what you get. So what's your argument there? Is there it should be more or, or, or is the argument that it isn't even that? I think after 15 years of the, in development, yeah, it should be more. I mean, how long were they working on this script for? Um, for a $200 million budget as well, we expect more than just good CGI. And it is good CGI. Don't get me wrong. The special effects are very good. The visuals are good. But that's where the film's strengths end. Okay. Uh, Austin, do you have any questions? No, they don't. I think most of mine are actually uh, character development, which I think is going to be dealt with in the, uh, the next one. So mm-hmm. it was actually one where I thought Alex touched on nicely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, thank you very much once again, Alex, for your finger gestures there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on to point number two, where I believe you're going to talk about characters and cast. So I'm going to start with Dave. Yeah. Okay. So if you've seen the cast list for Alita, You'd have good cause to be excited. It features some very promising actors and some good established uh, character actors as well. You know, I could not have been more disappointed with the end result. Now, if I could just tell you a little bit about each of the casting characters. So you've got Rosa Salazar, who plays Alita. Now, you know what? She's actually not bad. In fact, she's actually goes far, so she's actually very good. To act, you know, as people say acting underneath so much makeup can be really tricky. Acting under CGI must be equally hard, if not harder, in my in my imagination. So I think she actually did a very good job here. You know, her character is likable uh, and her performance conveys that very well. Christoph Waltz is passable as Dr. Dyson Ido. I don't know, I think this I think this performance could have worked for him. He, given all the, the the special effects that are going on around, all the explosions, all this, that you know, maybe it felt a bit out of place. He felt a bit forgettable in such a surrounding. You know, it was a very understated performance. But then, did you really want a shouty steam stealer like like Al Pacino in that role? I feel this kind of would. I think. <laughs> that would I think, have been awesome. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think Christoph Waltz I got, got a away. Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a cyborg. <laughs> God, you can <laughs> Just so tired, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll stop with the Pacino stuff now. But um, yeah, so Christoph Waltz, passable. I thought, you know, he wasn't terrible. But that is pretty much where the good things I have to say about the cast uh, come to a halt. Now, it's not that everyone's bad. My problem is with the character that they are given to portray and also with the screen time that they are given. Now, we've got Mahashala Ali as Vector, who's one of the main villains of the piece. And Marshall Ali is without a doubt one of the best actors working in Hollywood to this day. What an absolute waste of a fantastic actor. The character was completely atrociously written. Even in the manga, you know, he's more entertained. There's more about Vector than that. There's more presence to him. There's there's more more of a sinister nature to him. In this, he was just there. He was reduced to a literal puppet of the big bad who you never see this nova who can kind of through through technology kind of inhabit someone for a moment and kind of pass a message through them it it's it's in the manga i'll let james cameron off with that one it's in the manga but that's all mahashala ali's character is reduced to you know he could have been a great villain for this piece and he's just a puppet 
at the end of the day, and he doesn't get any decent lines, he doesn't get any decent screen time. It was an absolute waste of a fantastic actor. Um, now, Nova, incidentally, is played by Edward Norton, who you do not see for most of the film. It's just in the final scene that you see Edward Norton. And that is one of the direct sequel setups that I think it, it irritated me. It's like, if you pay for Edward Norton to appear in your film, pay for Edward Norton to appear in your film. Don't just have a cameo of him, a flash of him at the end to make people say, oh God, I hope that gets a sequel so we get to see Edward Norton. That just annoyed me a little bit. And there's nothing to say about his performance. He's just there. Speaking of just there, Jeff Fahey, I was delighted to see that he's still getting work and he plays a bounty hunter. (laughs) I love Jeff Fahey. (laughs) I love Jeff Fahey. He plays McTeague, who is a bounty hunter that has these like cyborg dogs. He has literally one line and less than five minutes of screen time. And yet he's there in cast billing, uh, you know, this this great character actor. What a waste. Casper Van Dien has less than a minute of screen time. Was he in it? Who was he? Yeah, Casper Van Dien was in Christoph Waltz's flashbacks where he describes a patient of his that killed his daughter. How was that him? That's Casper Van Dien. Yeah, blink, (laughs) literally... Blink and you would miss him. What a waste. Why, why get Casper Van Dien? I guarantee he's got not, mu- not got much else going on. But still, why bother with Casper Van Dien? Oh, oh, <laughs> I feel like you're complimenting him in the end. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like he's, he's had a hard enough time as it is. But, but this role probably been like reduced. Well, that's it. I can only presume there was maybe a bigger role for him at one point. But it's just like when Christoph Waltz is talking, it's like, oh, so what happened to him? The man who killed your daughter. It's like, I tracked him down and killed him. <laughs> and nothing we don't even see the scene that's the end of that so we know he's not coming back for sequels uh other other actors that they include in this that are just so underused michelle rodriguez barely in it aita gonzalez one scene and she's heavily cgi'd in it anyway rick yoon it's just a cameo ed scrine as zapan now although he's in it quite a bit this is a substantial character i'm yet to be convinced by ed scrine he seems like a lovely guy he genuinely does he's done uh, i've seen a lot of interviews with him he seems like a nice guy but I don't think this performance played to his strength. I don't think being completely CGI'd and just having his face visible did him all the, all the biggest favours in the world. He gave, I hate to say it, a poor performance here. Speaking of poor performances, Jennifer Connelly. Now, this is not her fault. She is a fantastic actress. I adore Jennifer Connelly. But her character, who was an original one, an original insertion by James Cameron into this script from the manga, poorly written, poorly performed, has one of the most confusing and perplexing character arcs I've ever seen. It's just like she, she's one of the bad guys. She's kind of working with Vector for a lot of the film and then changes her mind, decides to help Alita because it dawns on her that she used to be a mother at some point. And it's just, it's perplexing. It really doesn't pan out. And it's, it's kind of worse than the way I described it when you see it in the film. It's just, and it's not Jennifer Connelly's fault. That is the script, but that is the character that she has been given to work with. Uh, speaking of other poor performances, now, no, sorry, this one isn't a poor performance. This Jackie Earl Haley, one of my favorite character actors, he plays Grishka, who is kind of the enforcer of Nova, who we barely see. He is completely unrecognizable. It took me until practically the end of the film to even realize I had been watching Jackie Earl Haley. He is that heavily CGI'd. <laughs> it's it's not makeup and it's not acting. That is just layers of CGI. He is completely unrecognizable. And the performance, therefore, is, is unrecognizable as well. That may as well have just been an animated character, to be perfectly frank. And also newcomer to the role, uh, Kean Johnson, who plays Hugo, who's Alita's love interest. He won't get work again. Oh, oh wow. Shit. You yeah. have been getting nastier and nastier over the course of this podcast. It's grind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Nice guy. Shit performance. Nice guy. <laughs> nice guy. Shit performance. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Your cat didn't move an inch, not even bothered. Right, oh, wow. So, Dave's put his claws away. Alex, can you uh, counter any of that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, instead of going through them bit by bit, I'm going to give a general point about the supporting cast. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go through them one by one and discount. Oh, I, no, I, go through them one by one and defend them, <laughs> if you can. I would, I, I'll defend them as a bunch. I, I, I would... Um, kind of go along with a lot of what dave said there <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest i would i would but i would uh i would sort of question the significance of what he's saying there uh yeah the cat the supporting cast you might expect because it's jennifer connelly for her to bo- do a great performance but she's a supporting cast member you know this is like basically kind of a glorified cameo where she's basically just narrating the plot and maybe it does because you expect jennifer connelly to be doing a little bit more you're like oh well, what why is it well no because she's just a plot character she's just someone who does the plot point she's not actually there to do much more the action is focusing on hugo played by uh kian johnson who yeah maybe isn't the best but rosa salazar is alita and she's fantastic she is really really good she sort of blends this interesting naivety with a sort of a very really emotional and physical strength which i think takes you throughout the entirety of this film since pretty much every single scene has her in it's a key one to get right and they did not just a cgi but her performance is really good and sometimes especially like when hugo dies for the second time in 10 minutes you know that that you could be laughing at that bit and think this is ridiculous but her performance kind of brings it back and makes you think no actually that's a little bit touching you know she she, she makes it better than maybe sometimes the script deserves um so generally coming back to the the supporting cast um it doesn't matter as much as dave's making out because really you are just watching the action and these people just flip flip up every now and again they might take part in the action scene in which case you're not really caring about the performance you're just seeing them acrobatically jump through the air with a sword which is great and it, it just doesn't stop it being a good film i'd also say and the wise man once said this um i'm paraphrasing a little bit okay from it, a wise man a very wise man. Was it uh, me? He's not here today. He <laughs> said, I- I'm just going to say, isn't it better to have Marshall Ali <laughs> play a bad character in a film than play a good character but not in a film? <laughs> think that, about that. That is great paraphrasing. Think, I, know, I know, think about that. Who was that wise man? Uh, <laughs> I hope he listened. Uh, I, I, and he there is, listen to the podcast. The, <laughs> there is some truth to that in the sense of, you know, these are just supporting cast. I would say that James Cameron was fighting these actors off with a stick. They heard he was going to make a new budget film after Avatar. Titanic, Avatar, top highest grossing films of all time. They heard it was going to be a franchise. They were flocking to him. People were probably like, you know, he probably had Al Pacino asking him to make him a cup of coffee. Do you know what I mean? He would have had all these actors just (laughs) flocking at him. And it's like, yeah, fine, you can be the dude who's got the dogs. Do you know what I mean? Like, there you go. You can be the guy who's Garishku CGI'd entirely. You know, I, I... it's still nice to see these bigger actors sort of pop up. And, uh, you know, yeah, Edward Norton at the end playing Nova, it makes you go, all right, yeah, so, you, so you're into it and you and you you want to watch more. I'll just come finally, though, because that seems a little negative. Just want to come back to Rosa Salazar. She will have a good career. She's in the Maze Runner films, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Just what she looks like is fantastic. She has these big manga eyes in the film, which honestly are quite hypnotic throughout it you do you do your eyes are drawn to her throughout the entirety of the film and her performance really it adds another level to what could have just been complete action cgi schlock and makes it makes it more than it was okay so the eyes have it the eyes have it 
So, damn! <laughs> <laughs> so it's bad when the judge is doing your flourish. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So, ooh, um, so it sounds like Alex is saying the main reason you're going to watch this film is because it's an action film, a CGI fest, and it's starring Rosa Salazar as Alita. Now, you both agree that Rosa Salazar gives, uh, gives a fantastic performance. Alex, you say she's the main reason that you're going to watch this film. Uh, one of the things that Cameron and Rodriguez really fought for was the manga look, so th- those eyes, and that is one thing that I know has been really well received with fans, the the look of Alita. Um, Dave, do you think it's enough? The look of Alita? Yeah, yeah, the the, the, the look, the kind of finish uh, to the character, uh, and do you say, like, kind of, I know sometimes we've had the argument that the supporting cast makes the film, and sometimes the supporting cast doesn't really, it doesn't matter if they're made up of good actors or not, uh, or if they give good performances, it's about the core performances in the film. Do you think that Alita is the core performance and you can kind of discredit the rest of them because because of her performance? No, no. The other characters are too intrinsic to the plot in certain places, whether they're on screen or not, or whether they're any good or not, they're still... Some of them have quite important plot points to deliver and that's why they don't deliver them. If the film were just action all well and good you know you just need to focus on alita but unfortunately you've got quite a lot of gaps in between action it's not just an action sequence every 10 minutes you could have 15 20 minutes between the next action sequence and in that time you've got to listen to christoph waltz go on about his cyborgs and you know where he came from and what have you you got to listen to this terrible love story between alita and hugo which just it, 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 there's no spark there it does not not work Android or not, there's no spark. And it's... <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately, Marshall Ali, as the film's villain, is quite integral. And his performance is not bad, but the way his character is written is. The script that he's been given to work with is. The action sequences, I mean, can you choreograph a CGI fight sequence when there's no actors involved? Arguably, I guess, but... Unfortunately, the action sequences aren't the be-all and end-all of the film. There is a plot in there they've tried to insert, and poorly. Mm. Okay. Austin, have you got any questions? I actually feel like everything was uh, was answered. Originally, what I was going to say was, did we feel as though Alita, one of the first things that were brought up by Alex was that Alita, um, you see her growing into the power, you actually see mm. a story arc for her, and you see a plot centralized on her because she is the battle angel, and that that that's the main thing but then it's been dealt with i think outside well that that can skate you past some of the sketchier plot points in the film as well because it does get a little convoluted in points and you are thinking hang on a minute what's um what's what are all these different things but her character development is an interesting part and watching her find out flashbacks figuring out who she is finding out what's going on you know you're starting to piece little bits together and just her coming to terms with her skills just put a little bit of something new you know this is where the manga comes in i think and this is where having a a good story at its very foundation sometimes very very foundation of the film does work because you are interested in seeing alita so yeah dave's got some good points but he is isn't you know it's called alita battle angel and she is interesting good foundations only get you so far though you have to build on them if you're going to take this manga to hollywood now from from the argument (laughs) (laughs) from from the argument it reminds me a little bit of how we were discussing uh, fantastic beasts part two is that there are a lot of questions opened up 
Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and you guys both mentioned it previously that it felt like it's a setup. It's for... pretty shameless in its bid for a sequel. Between the casting of Edward Norton for that final cameo and just the amount of plot points that are unresolved, it's shameless. Okay, right. Well, uh, I think it's time for closing statements, starting with Alex. I think maybe we might be missing something when we're talking about Alita because I think this film actually is aimed at a teen market. I think love stories aimed at a teen market because basically we got these two teens that are deeply in love and maybe all cynical older people are like, what, you know, <laughs> get on with it, this wouldn't last. But, you know, I think if you're younger, you would actually appreciate this film a lot more. There's a lot of action in it that would be interesting for a younger audience that is new, is fresh, and has an interesting amount of violence added into it. It's, it's, it's cleverly done, I think. It's well directed. It's got Robert Rodriguez. It's got problems. I'm not going to say it's not got problems, but it does enough to fill its own remit of being a good action film with a believable setting that you will leave this uh, film being taken to heaven by an angel. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. You uh, You should always think... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just was like, should it now? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, all right, Dave, can you try and get that bit of taste out of my mouth, please? <laughs> I don't know. I've got some pretty naff flourishes now myself. Okay, we ready? Yes. The combination of Cameron and Rodriguez was territory in which even angels should have feared to tread. Beneath all the shiny CGI, special effects, and jarring action sequences is a film devoid of a coherent plot and seriously lacking in anything relatable or even anything resembling a half-well-written character. This angel shines brightly with regards to its visuals and has potential as an initial concept, but has slowly fallen to earth after years of its creators being sidetracked by other projects. All of the misguided and arrogant nods to an unapproved sequel suggest that Cameron and Rodriguez got characters carried away with the expected response to this film and with poor box office figures so far it's questionable whether it even win the battle angel let alone win the war oh, 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 oh. angel I feel, I feel, <laughs> <laughs> he's on fire isn't That's he a smoke alarm because he's on fire I wow yeah. like, i should have timed that i feel like i was running out of time he like should go to hospital to he knew who the judge was didn't he he knew who he was playing for <laughs> Right, okay, so um, I think we need some time to think about this. Ozzy, yeah, can I've, you please, yeah, uh, do, if I'm you've gonna, got some sort of quiz? I've got a quiz together. I'm going to trim a few questions out because, you know, I had such a big, long quiz. Oh, obviously, yeah. Um, and, and to save on a bit of time. So um, it doesn't have much of a title. I'm going to call it Robots in Film. Oh, Ozzy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but essentially, stuff. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to tell me what film um, the robot is from. Okay. Okay. Or I'm going to describe it, a section of a film. So uh, anyway, in which film does a supermodel self-destruct after a uh, bit of a... Austin Powers, Spy Shagney. Correct, well done. Oh, well done. Uh, bonus point for who was the robot. Elizabeth Hurley. Well done. Two points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which film does Catherine Ross stab her best friend and it turns out that she is an android? Mm, Stepford Wives? Correct. Well done. Um, yeah, we've got okay. nothing else. <laughs> That's who Catherine Ross is. I've, I've got a little bit of trivia on that. Apparently, when it happens, the android says, oh, Joanna, my new dress. So there you go. Is that the quiz? That's part of the quiz, yeah. That's not the end of the quiz. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. In, this one's for you, I reckon. Uh, in which film does a polite and but a bit sarcastic robot play a chauffeur for Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, totally recall. Well done. J- Johnny Cab. <laughs> It is Johnny Cab, yes. Yeah. And do you know who was the voice of that 
No, sorry. I wouldn't know. I thought it said Captain Picard, but it didn't. It said Robot Picardo. Um, Robert, even. Not even <laughs> Robot. <laughs> Robot. Robert. <laughs> Robert Picardo, I love it. That's a guy who's been hired for the part based solely on his name. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that his name was Robot and he played a robot, but it wasn't that. In which B-movie is uh, Tom Selleck chased through a half-built skyscraper by robot spiders? Is it Runaway? It is Runaway. Well done. Done. Yeah. Um, in which film does a robot break Harrison Ford's fingers? Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. Well done. Um, I, I got one away, but I didn't get Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Blade Runner is the film. Uh, anyway, I mean, <laughs> is the film that Blade Runner wants to be. I, think. I have got two more questions, right? Which robot film uh, did the director see it as a metaphor for Christ? We've actually talked about this once before. Is it AI? No. That's a good one, though. I can tell you who the it's director is. It's not Bicentennial Man, is it? It is not Bicentennial Man, either. Go on. We've spoke about it already in uh, in, this episode. in this episode. Yeah, Better not Wally, not Wally. It is Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the yeah, third day, he was <laughs> resurrected and kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the director Paul Ver- Ver- Verhoeven. Uh, yeah. He thought it. Uh, he saw Robocop as being a metaphor for Christ. He's an odd one, Verhoeven, at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and finally, in which film does a, does a robot spend some quality time with Steve Gutenberg? Oh, it's short circuit. It is short circuit. Well done. Well done. We're gonna, whether or not the time is actually quality is a question <laughs> in itself. For the robot. Yeah. Just call it, <laughs> we'll just call it time. Spend some time with. <laughs> I think we all spend time with it. And uh, also, a bit of, tri- of trivia on that. Go on. The same guy who um, built the, the robots for Blade Runner. Built Johnny Five. Wow. There you go. Who was it? Stan Winston? Um, Sid Mead. Uh, Mead. Okay. Mead. <laughs> Eric Allard. <laughs> right, okay. It, uh, but moving on. Moving on. <laughs> right. So, um, hmm, right. Austin, I think this one is a little bit of uh, deliberation here. So, <laughs> I think um, they both covered very good points uh i think alex covered a lot about the actual film so when you go to a film what you expect from it and you know you expect to go and see a cgi heavy action film starring you know the main female book protagonist yep. so that's exactly what you get a healthy amount of cgi action and uh, rose salazar yeah dave said that there should be more moving parts of this you don't go to see this film just for that there needs to be something else behind it there needs to be a better prop uh, plot but script dialogue um, and it needs to be more than just action and the characters, they need to be better. You know, there's a lot of, it sounds like there's a lot of support and cast and some of them just are really quite underutilized. So Austin, Austin what, what are your feelings on this? I felt that, um, that the, the film sounds a lot like, uh, like Avatar in that it's a bit of a crap script, but it's an incredibly visual treat. And it's, um, Alex is biting his see, lips so. so hard on that one. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I mean, for, 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 for that side, I'm, I feel as though, the the arguments are fairly balanced, but I'm teetering, teetering with my baldy brethren. Yeah, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, so Austin, you would say? It's... I think I I think I would put on a hit purely because of the type of film it is, and that it 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 does what it says on the tin. That's what I would say. Okay, now I actually would agree with Dave and mm. think that it sounds shite. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do? Wild card, George. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think, uh, hang on. 
that alarm means that there's a tie. <laughs> so, then Ozzy, Ozzy, you're going to do something Fight. that is um, incredibly good for a podcast. Yeah, it's incredibly good for a podcast. It's a visual game. <laughs> oh, I, I was, was joking, joking before. We're actually <laughs> doing, doing this. Do this. We're yeah. doing rock, paper, scissors. You're genuinely. Oh, yeah. my word. Right. I'll commentate this. They're raising their fists. Okay, the first one. Are we doing Just do it on three. No one's li- okay, everyone's okay. listening once it's over. Go. <laughs> one, two, three. Oh, oh my god, they did scissors. Do it again very quickly. One, one two, two, three. Eight. Yes, okay, right. Austin did uh, scissors and I did rock, by the way, just so we saw that. So uh, Jesus Christ, we could have saved everyone so much time. <laughs> Anyway, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, have you guys never been to court before? This is sometimes yeah. how, how they do yeah. yeah, it. I watched like Mark Commode on the BBC show, just like, I don't know, I don't know. Just play his fucking rock paper I'll flip scissors. a coin, I'll flip a coin. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations, Dave. But uh, Alita Battle Angel is on the shit list. Okay, so genuine thoughts here. Dave, um, what, what, what do you reckon? Are you as hateful about this film as you were in your uh, arguments. I actually quite liked it. Really? <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> wow. wow. I actually, yeah, it wasn't bad. Like you said, uh, Alex made a good point. It is exactly what you expected to see. Yeah, the performances weren't great. It wasn't particularly well written, but it was enjoyable enough. I wouldn't say particularly bad. I'm quite easy to please at the end of the day. It's. Um, I wouldn't... <laughs> Uh, I'd watch it if it was on telly again. I wouldn't go out of my way to get the DVD or anything like that. It was okay. It really wasn't that bad. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. Yeah. You're so passionate. <laughs> Alex, um, did, did you like it as much as you said that you did? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, uh, I wish we'd swapped roles. Uh, I, 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 I agreed with a lot of Dave said. I would have gone further in a few bits, to be honest. I, I agreed with m- most of what I said, actually. like I don't think I lied. I maybe over-egged the pudding a little bit in times. There was just a couple of things that pissed me off about the film that I kind of need to get off my chest. <laughs> also, Avatar had a great script, so screw you. <laughs> but also, like, uh, it has this Iron City. It's meant to be this poverty, this poor place, and it's really annoying. It's like a poor place imagined by people who have no idea what poverty looks like. Everyone's just kind of like, the traffic system is kind of bad for no reason, and everyone's kind of like a little bit... No one's grimy, do you know what I mean? Everyone's just wearing scarves, and it's this is really... Is it because they're made of iron? Yeah, maybe. But (laughs) it's just not that... The whole thing is meant to be Iron City is this really dangerous place. It's very vanilla in that sense. I mean, if only I would have known, I would have called up James Cameron and shown him what an iron deficiency really looks like. (laughs) (laughs) I know they've got too much iron. Oh, well, have they? All right, okay. Um, Yeah, all right, well, that's very surprising as well, to be honest. I'm glad, I'm really glad it's on the shit list. So what, what, I, I couldn't care either way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what do you, what do you guys think? Higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Man on Fire, which scored seven point seven out of ten on IMDb. I'm going to say higher. considerably lower. I'm going to say a bit lower because not higher. yet. It will be lower, but not yet. I'm going to just guess higher. Seven point two. Okay, it's point one higher. Seven point oh. eight out of ten on really? IMDb, and it scored higher on Metacritic as well, fifty three as opposed to forty seven for Man on Fire. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so once again, I put a poll up on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list Alita Battle Angel should be placed on. Uh, once again, it was another very, very close one, to be honest. It was very close up until the very end. Uh, so 53% of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the hit list. Um, and before we adjourn the case, I think it's time for a little caption contest. So here I take a screenshot of the film and I ask our friends and followers on Twitter to provide a caption with the funniest one, winning a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. 
So you guys have just got to pick which one is the funniest. The caption itself is Alita looking slightly miffed, to say the least, holding Ed's screen against the wall and getting ready to give him a knuckle butty. (laughs) (laughs) You should do the commentary on the DVD. (laughs) So uh, number one, uh, James Cameron is making how many Avatar sequels? Uh, Second one, it's time for lunch knuckle sandwich work for you oh there we go yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three take back what you said about thor <laughs> number four you're gonna see happy death day 2 next weekend <laughs> uh, number five take back what you said about films on trial they are not on the shit list and <laughs> uh, number six give me back my freddo <laughs> Uh, number seven, preparing to upload the 4.68 punch to face patch. <laughs> uh, number eight, Avatar is not as good as people say it is. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Controversial. Uh, number nine, Ed Screen, apparently saying, seriously, seriously, this is the last villain I am playing. <laughs> and the last one is, Murphy, is that you? <laughs> um, I like the Freddo one. I'd, I'd give it either Murphy or Avatar's not as good as people say it. Austin does not vote. Um, I'm going to go with the Freddo because I don't know anything about the Murphy. Murphy is a quote from Robocop. Gav. <laughs> Gav decided oh, vote. I'm going to go with Murphy. Is that you? I'm sorry. All right. So uh, well done to Stork uh, at Besotted Geek Pod. You have just won yourself a flippity Freddo. Uh, I've, I've also got to say uh, congratulations to Toxic Fletch at Sex and Blood Show. Uh, they helpfully turned the uh, caption into a little comic strip for us, which was quite good. Rather than just submitting the caption, they decided to do their own screenshot, so quite like that. Nice. Um, <laughs> Anyway, before we call it a day, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends called Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Qs standing for questions, by the way, Austin. Okay. I can see you were, you were looking as if to say what? I was going to question it just because that's what I started doing. See, every time you say something, I'm going to... Th- that would have been question number one. <laughs> question number one, what does Q stand for? Anyway, so each episode is hosted by Sam uh, with a succession of different co-hosts. Uh, and the format is to review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. Coincidentally, also, you mentioned about our following in New Zealand last week. I did. And uh, this is a podcast from New Zealand. Uh, really, really good show, to be honest. And um, they, the, these questions that they ask, they range from the basic, like, wh- which which of the characters would you be, to the weird, like, which character would you get to help you hide the body? Um, so the hosts seem to have an absolute blast every episode, to be honest, and the chemistry is really tremendous. They cover all sorts of movies from new releases like Glass to older films like Miss Congeniality. I'd recommend checking out, for you especially, Ozzy, the Grand Budapest Hotel episode. Or um, the last episode I listened to was Aquaman, which was very, very funny. Uh, so they've got a Patreon page, which you can check out, which is patreon.com slash M-R-I-T-Q-S uh, for you to donate and subscribe. But they're available on most podcasting platforms. So, yeah, check them out. They're really good. And give them a follow on Twitter, at Movie Reviews In. So our next film has not been picked out of the hat at random. Uh, but it is a personal choice of our good friend, Captain Dave. So <laughs> the film in question is Where Eagles Dare. That's not an eagle. <laughs> On so many levels, that is not an eagle. It's the closest thing I could find. Uh, now, now, Dave, uh, would you tell us a little bit why you picked this film? Well, essentially, this is a film I saw when I was a kid. And 
this has always been my go-to to just kind of like if you're feeling a bit down you need cheering up for a bit you just want to see richard burton kill some nazis for a bit this is a really good feel. Really I wouldn't say feel good film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, something about this film, I can't explain it because it is a, quite a violent war movie, essentially, but there's something about this that just cheers me up. You know, it's very Sunday afternoon kind of fodder. Um, you'll find out why if you tune in next week. Dave, as you pick the film, you'll be acting yeah, as wrong. defense. All of the other roles, however, have been randomized. So in the role of prosecution is Joel. In the role of character witnesses are myself and Alex, and in the role of judge is Ozzy. So just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighborhood kids to get off your lawn, but also tell them to check us out. Uh, Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many ears as possible. And remember to check us out on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. At Film Trials, where you can recommend a film for us to put on trial. Follow our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks. He's the one that does the lovely posters for us every week. I do have a little bit of beef with him at the moment, to be honest, because it seems that every film we do with Mickey Rourke, I end up being Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I can't think why. Yeah, yeah if, you just got that look about it. If there's beef between you and Winston, I'm on Winston's side. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you me, and Mickey me Rourke too. have both yeah. been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, my insides <laughs> feel like Ricky Buck's face. <laughs> anyway, oh, also, check out our website, thumbsonchild.co.uk, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And also, check out our brand spanking new YouTube channel films on trial give us a subscribe and check out some of our reviews so elita battle angel is a shit join in next week where we will put where angels stare on trial where eagles where what did i just say angels, angels. well that as well goodbye everyone <laughs> <laughs>